Welcome to the Scott Shepard Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Hey, what's up, friend? Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Scott Shepard. Now, when one is tempted to think that if Lumen were alive today, and yes, we're going to be talking about Nicholas Lumen and creating your own anti-net, your own analog tree-like structured idea network, interconnected network, or your, you can call the acronym anything you want, analog thinking, internet, whatever. The bottom line is it's analog and it's a thinking tree-like structure, which enables you to create genius level work. And the creator of that is a guy named Nicholas Lumen. And yes, we are going to be talking about this in this subject because who I am talking to caters to, well, the person that cares about creating genius level work and growing and is committed to growth. So we're not going to talk about the uh, latest cryptocurrency token that is some kind of meme coin, like uh, not Dogecoin, but whatever is the newer instantiation and basically the tarred version of the latest crypto out there. We're not going to talk about, we're not going to talk about speculative bullcrap. What I'm going to teach you is the hard stuff, the boring stuff, the stuff that, well, while everyone is busy jerking off to cryptocurrency prices and, well, trying to mask their own inferiority and self-esteem issues, you and me, my friend, are busy with our heads down, grinding, creating genius-level work that is actually going to have an impact on humanity and, well, quite frankly, will not kill brain cells like one would essentially kill by just farting around on Telegram and CoinMarketCap and speculating on, well, complete and utter bullshit, which really describes and summarizes 96% of the cryptocurrencies out there. So we're going to talk about actual stuff that will enable you to, well, have an absolute blast and have time fly and, well, prevent you from going the route so many people go, which is to chase money and seek approval in the external form, the third-party form, wherein what I will be teaching you is how to actually source your own approval, your own control, your own security, your own money, your own, well, badass Stewie Griffin style of persona. So what we are going to talk about is the concept of what Lumen would do if he were alive today. 
Would he actually create his own anti-net? Would he create his own analog thinking internet, which is what he created when he was alive? Now, one is tempted to think that if Lumen were alive today, he would opt for a digital system for taking notes, for managing his own personal knowledge. And first and foremost, Lumen lived until 1998. And personal computers were introduced in 1977. It's like 20 years wherein he could actually opt to use, even though it was crappy back then, well, computers. And computers became common in the 1980s, according to a footnote that, well, you'll find out in the written version of this, which I'll probably be publishing as a book someday. And one would think that an academic who largely pioneered the information science space, which is what Nicholas Luhmann was, and really the information science space of systems theory, you would think that he, this individual, would be at least somewhat privy to, well, the technologies of the information age. Yet, Lumen never moved to a digital format. The only enhancements he appeared to make were basically using a typewriter to make his register a little bit more legible and readable. Now, quite frankly, I'll, I'll be honest. In regards to the reasoning for him using a typewriter as, well, to make it more readable and more legible... I would be remiss to not point out my own, quite frankly and quite honestly, self-deception bias beginning to kick in. You see, as you know, I'm a huge proponent of analog, meaning of non-digital, of actually thinking on paper, getting your thoughts out on paper, because I hold, and, well, the research backs me on this, that it hands down will beat out the digital form of knowledge management, note-taking, and learning all day, every single frickin' day. The greatest minds who have ever lived used the handwritten format for expressing and creating thought. Hate to break it to you, but we haven't evolved that fast, my friend. And... All of the pretentious a-holes out there that you probably know of. I mean, I know you are not one of them, but because, you know, obviously you're listening to this and, well, you, you passed the family guy test, so you're not a Buzz Killington. But we all know those pretentious a-holes that, well, they think they're holier than thou and they are absolute wizards when it comes to typing and the digital realm. And here's a hint. They, they suck, by the way, and they're not even that talented. And it's usually just a mask to mask their own inferiority. But the bottom line is this. Let's travel down this little path of uh, Scott being, well, falling into the self-deception trap. So I will grant you that, that it is perhaps at risk. You see, let's first start out with this. Like the tree of knowledge that represents good and evil. And yes, we're starting with frickin' Genesis because that's, well, 
maybe ironic or not ironically, the best place to start <laughs> for many things. And you see, the tree of knowledge is perhaps modern Western society's most fundamental metaphor for the concept of good versus evil. Your very own tree of knowledge that you build with your anti-net is not immune to such forces, meaning the existence of good versus evil. It's not as if the anti-net that you are creating all of a sudden, for some reason, just contains purely amazing, good, impeccable, perfect thoughts. Nope. That is not the case, unfortunately. You see, your anti-net is susceptible to, let's not call it evil, but let's call it unwise information. And the unwise information that I speak of does not derive from, well, quote, cunning serpents uh, in biblical speak, which will essentially tempt you to eat a fruit in order to become like, like the gods. Rather than being led astray when using your own anti-net by a serpent that talks because, well, let's be quite honest, that is freaking absurd. And I want, did people actually literally believe that? I don't know. <laughs> it's fucking preposterous. Uh, I digress. I hope it's a metaphor because I really like the metaphor and I hope people interpreted it as a metaphor and never literally. Okay. But anyway, Anywho, rather than being led astray by a talking, freaking serpent, when using your anti-net, you're going to be able to see signs, and you're going to start to see evidence of this very, very early on. You're going to see evidence of being led astray by an even more insidious creature. And what is that creature that I speak of? Well, the creature is yourself. Big surprise. And that's where I was getting at with the self-deception. You see, when you review thoughts of your own mind and happen upon a view or an opinion that you no longer hold as true, it's much more difficult to delude yourself. Delude yourself into believing that, well, you never held such an opinion. It's a lot easier to imagine that you copy and pasted something when it's, well, an aerial font or Times New Roman, and it's not in your freaking handwriting. When you see it in your own handwriting, it's you. And so... Hey, Scott Shepard here. Real quick, this podcast is sponsored by me. Yes, me, Sir Scott of Shepard. I am committed to never shilling some dildo hipster crappy freaking product like all the other podcasters do. All right? My only ask, however, is that you spend 10 seconds right now. Literally pull to the side of the freaking road, the freeway. Stop. <laughs> rate and review this podcast. Share it with a friend. This will help me spread my movement. 
You see, I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days writing and creating using analog tools while making multiple six figures if they even need to, and more importantly, building a tribe of people that they were called to build, okay? And I want you to rate and review this podcast because it will directly help me in this mission. That's all I ask. All right, now back to the regularly scheduled program. Peace. It's hard to deny that you ever held such an opinion when it's staring at you directly smack in the face in your own handwriting. You see, your tree of knowledge, your anti-net, is going to contain wise information and unwise information. Or if this was in the Garden of Eden, it would contain good fruit and evil fruit. So it's important to express your thoughts and ideas, truly, of course, with conviction, with belief, with self-belief, and write truly according to what you honestly hold to be the truth. Don't hold anything back. Because, well, self-belief is critical, as we all know. And really, as Charlie Munger said, and he's puts it best, or actually he's one of the best, because I'll share another one with you soon, but Charlie Munger once said that you should never underestimate those who overestimate themselves. You see, one time he turned to Warren Buffett after they were in some type of interview and the subject of Donald Trump came up. And I think the nation was still reeling and shocked from his election victory. And so when they asked Charlie Munger, who is Warren Buffett's right-hand man and, and well, a billionaire, but he doesn't want to be on any of the you know Forbes 500 wealthiest lists because he doesn't like the attention or the the fame. Well, he slyly, with a funny little smile affixed to his face, turned to the interview and responded, never underestimate those who overestimate themselves. And this quote also mirrors the sentiment and attitude that Gary Halbert, the late great copywriter, the best who ever lived, once put it about such a concept. And as it relates to self-belief, he said, nothing is impossible for a man who refuses to listen to reason. You see, while certainly containing truth in both of those phrases. Both Munger and Halbert were communicating the divinely Jocko-serious reality 
implanted within their words. They were not being literal to a full extent. You see, at one level, they were advocating that one should adopt belief in themselves. Yet, at another level, they were warning of, well, the power of going too far in this. The power one wields in self-belief. You see, taken to an extreme, self-belief can very, very, very quickly transform into self-deception. I'm going to say that again, just to let it sink in and so that you can catch up with me. Self-belief quickly transforms into self-deception, or otherwise known as self-delusion. If you have read Don Quixote, and, well, that's where the word quixotic comes from, or quixotic, however people prefer to pronounce that type of term, well, that book is the first ever human literary experience of such a concept where we get to see the relationship of what happens when you flirt between self-belief and self-deception. So, that's not where I'm going with this today, though. Where I want to take this is that self-deception, you should know, And here's what Charlie Munger actually continued to say on self-deception, is that the simple truth, he said, is that we aren't adapted to face the world as it is today. He then outlines, and this is in one of his most famous talks about the psychology of human misjudgment, he talks about how critical evolution's environment was for shaping the traits of our ancestors. We can learn to push our minds into alternative ways of thinking, but it isn't easy. Why isn't it easy? Well, it's simple. Self-deception. Self-deception is one of the most insidious biases, and cognitive fallacies that you will ever battle against, that you will ever fight. And while it is indeed presumptuous, I shall admit, to declare Lumen would opt for 100% analog today, if if he were alive, I cannot claim that. You see, evidenced by his typewritten index, it seems probable that he would have experimented with building out his index in digital form. For instance, he may have used an Excel table or some other database or data format, which would allow him to make his life 
a little bit easier to sort his index in his second brain, his second mind, mind in his antinet, alphabetically. If he's anything like myself and many humans, then he may find himself drawn to taking things, well, a little bit too far. Hell, like a step further than really he ought to have taken it. He would have probably played around with integrating even more aspects of his antinet into whatever the latest digital technologies were that emerged at the time. He'd also, if he was like myself and maybe even like you, my friend listening to this right now, he'd venture even further deep down a rabbit hole before realizing the reality he thought he already knew. In his words, as it pertains to his antinet, he said, without writing, there is no thinking. And by this, he meant, of course, that writing is in the form of writing by hand. And so without writing by hand, there is no thinking. So if Lumen is... Well, if he's like myself, he would have had to experience digital writing firsthand and only by luck or at least due to his prior experience, by his subconscious knowledge constantly prodding him and pushing him back into the realm of writing by hand and thinking by hand, only then with that luck he'd actually return to analog for writing and thinking. You see, in brief, it's feasible to imagine Lumen using digital tools today for the aspects of his antinet, but only aspects which are non-critical to the actual creation of thought. Things which could be ported to the digital realm without major implications on the probability of the antinet becoming a second mind. And those things, those things that, well, you could potentially explore converting into a digital format without it impacting your antinet and what you are building in your note personal knowledge database becoming just, well, a digital database, something that is no more special than a piece of crap, piece of software like, well, I'm not even going to list them, but you can imagine any note taking software out there. Not the ones that I've used or have talked about that I still use for text editing in terms of uh, writing and publishing, like online content. But you can imagine things like, well, I'll just mention one of them, like Nevernote. And I didn't even say it properly, but just anything that rhymes with Nevernote, just steer clear of. It's just a dressed-up pile-of-crap software-as-a-service 
database that is useless. It's a mind suck. You're building someone else's analytics and brain, not your own. So there are two tools that you can explore digitizing in Lumen's anti-net and in the system of building your own anti-net with a tree structure. And those two tools are something I'll share with you tomorrow, my friend. Scott Shepper, over and out, signing off from Little Italy. Actually, no, I'm in downtown San Diego at my office in uh, One American Plaza, the most beautiful building in San Diego, California. Yes. So Scott Shepard signing off. I'm going to tell you what those two tools are tomorrow that you can digitize in your anti-net without it impacting the probability of you creating and building and interacting with and communicating with a second mind. So till then, stay tuned. Scott Shepard signing off. Hey, real quick, this podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepard. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love, writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.